This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. He's on the outside. He's on the Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. That is magnificent. They deserve that. And he got on the outside, comes inside, comes up a shot. Oh, what a goal! Manuel Benson once more. That is top class. Burnley have done it. Fantastic. Clarence deserved the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement. The players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to another uh, stream. Sorry, Sam caught me off guard there. I was supposed to have a sit him this morning because uh, he weren't going to come on there. Now he's on and I thought he was going to be sat down and there he is. But well, welcome to another stream here on the Turfcast podcast YouTube channel. We've already done it once this season, but because the season is still a bit shit, um, for want of a better phrase, and we have... Um, Got another international break, which is always ridiculous. We thought we'd do another stream. So it's an international break for the players, but not for us here at Turfcast. And get your comments coming in. It's good to see a lot of comments. First of all, I apologise for being a little bit late. Um, I was at Fulwich Colts football training this morning with my five-year-old. And the traffic going through Burnley, getting back here, was an absolute joke. I'm normally back around quarter past. And I didn't get back until 25 past today. Um, and I've got to make a brew, haven't I? So I had to make a brew. And also, I've spied these in the kitchen. It's a brownie, so I had to get that as well and start eating that. So you might see me munching. 
through the um, show. Andy Bennett says, Joe was trying to find his hat. There was that as well. I had to find that as well. That, that didn't take too long, mate. I know exactly where that is. Uh, and that's because I've not had a chance to wash my hair yet. Um, Hartlett, sorry, Jay Hartley says, good morning, lads. Morning, Liam Beach says, here we go. Yes, good to see that everybody's happy that we're here. Um, local Jedi says, where are you? There were a lot of comments like that early on. Um, and he's a Southampton fan, so I don't know why you're that bothered, mate. But it's good to see that you are. Uh, and Liam Beach also says, I think we could turn our season around. Well, we'll get into that. Keep your comments coming in, please. Neil, start with you, mate. Good to see you back. You've not been well. You missed last week. Feeling better? Yeah, a bit grim. But yeah, I'm all right, mate. It was just uh, one of those 24-hour jobbers, but I'm all right now. Fit. I'm fighting fit, as they say. Yeah, on the grass or... I'm back on the grass, yeah. Back on the yeah. grass. Back, on, back the grass. on the grass and uh, working hard to be in contention. <laughs> and Sam, you were actually unwell this morning and last night, so a, a late fitness test for you, but you managed to come through it. Yeah, mate, I'm here. I've got my lens if I'm, I'm ready and ready. You do sound unwell. I'll be honest, you, you sound like you've you've been coughing all night. You do oh, sound well, bad. I'm, listen, I've got football in the back as well, so I can't wait for that. <laughs> That's the, the voice you put on was... when you're phoning in that. That's the that's yeah. the phone and invoice that. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm going to turn up to football today, and it it could either go one of two ways. It will be the best game of my life, or I will be absolutely horrendous. There's no in between. Yeah. yeah, probably horrendous, mate. Yeah, we'll see how your performance is on the podcast. Um, see if it's the best performance. But even the listen then was a little bit under. You went listen. <coughs> well, that that. that. <laughs> 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 So we'll see how we get on. But yeah, get your comments coming in. Uh, Jamesy Lad says, Joe, is your camera going to work this time? Hopefully, mate. I've I've been into the laptop. I've deleted some apps. I, I don't, I'm not very good with this sort of stuff. I've cleared cash, deleted cookies, and so far it, it's... I don't, I'll, I don't, I'll try I don't it do all now. this technology. It's your thing, this technology. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so... So fingers crossed that fingers crossed it works. Uh, Andrew Blythe is in the chat. He says morning. I bet it's good not to have to drive down to uh, Burnley um, today, Andrew, with the, with the way that the season's been going recently. I bet them drive backs have been pretty grim for you. But uh, thanks for coming into the show, mate. It's always good to see you. Have you found the cheapest part in Glasgow yet? I've seen that on on your uh, on your TikTok. So keep going with that. Um, Ginger Valley says, why is the intro nearly 30 minute long, Joe? Yeah, you know when Nathan was here, he actually hated the intro, but it's, it, you can't get rid of it now. It's part of the furniture. It's part of the furniture. Um, it's just time to get rid of Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll put it on and then it gives me time to tweet saying we are live, basically, um, if, if you must know. Um, and Andy, right, we'll start off. Neil, I'll start with you. We'll give Sam more recovery time and I like to let him yes, shoot anyway. Let's talk first about... Everton's point deduction, because Andy Benny here says, Everton's point deduction is good for us, but can't help thinking it's ridiculous, punishing the fans for not really affecting the outgoing owner. I, I agree with Andy. It's obviously like, from a Burnley point of view, it gives us a better chance. I still think Everton finish above us, to be fair, but obviously gives us a better chance. I think the fans have been screwed over here at Everton, but no matter what the punishment was, I feel like the fans would have been screwed over. Because even if Everton were fined 100 billion quid, that's still going to affect the fans because then the owners obviously won't put as much money in. They'll have to pay that bill, so they won't be paying wages and players and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, play by the rules. You've got to play by the rules. It might be a little bit excessive, the actual punishment itself, and I, I, I agree with that, Andy. I think it is. But if the, Everton had just played by the rules, whether it's stadium interest or players, it doesn't matter. 
you've you've not played by the rules. I do feel sorry for the Everton fans though, and Mashira, who is the outgoing chairman, uh, and Ken Wright, who obviously who obviously just passed, were obviously the ones that have made the mistakes. Whereas the new owners and the fans are the ones that are going to suffer for it. But ultimately, Everton will still stay up. I think. Neil, what are your thoughts on that point deduction? Uh, yeah, it's harsh. Um... But yeah, if you if you break the rules, that's what happens, isn't it? I, I genuinely didn't think the Premier League would do anything about it. I thought they'd sit on it and just sort of yeah, same. let it go away. Um, I think City and Chelsea and the likes have got to be a little bit nervous now, haven't they? Um, but um, yeah, it, it's it's harsh on the fans, but ultimately, it's uh, and it, most things that happen in football are about the owners, aren't they? It's just bad owners. Um, We've made mistakes. Uh, now the club has to pay for. We had we had to pay for bad owners, didn't we? You know, uh, well not bad owners, but owners owners' mistakes previously. Um, Alan Pace has to mop up after that. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't help or hinder us. It's not really going to affect us because Everton were always going to finish above yeah. us anyway. Um, they'll still finish. So they'll finish. They'll still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing it does do is highlight just how poor we have been. That they've had ten points. <laughs> that, the most embarrassing thing about on. this last twenty four hours is the fact yeah. that we're still bottom. Yeah, we're still bottom. So, as someone at work took great delight in just mentioning to me yesterday, he said, "Oh, I, he goes, I need to talk to you because I just found something out. Not only do you have the worst points tally, worse than Derby's record-breaking low season, but you're also finishing below a team that's just had points deduction." I'm like, "Thanks for that, pal." Um, so yeah, so it's harsh, but perils of not working us. in Burnley. <laughs> I know. Uh, so it, 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 yeah, it doesn't <laughs> affect us really. Um, because they'll still get out of it. But it's just one of those. You couldn't write the script, could you? They've had points deducted. We're still, we're still below them with our former manager um, at the helm of them as well. So, yeah, harsh, but I'm not that bothered because it doesn't affect us. Yeah, I think it gives it a better chance, but I see I see what you mean by saying it don't affect us because they are they are still above us and they will finish. Yeah, yeah. and they will um, they'll be out of the relegation zone because they're on they're on good form as well. So I, I genuinely believe now the atmosphere at Goodison on whenever they play Man United will be incredible and that they'll beat yeah. Man United. They'll beat Man and United. It gives them the next game. It gives them um, it gives them that like a fight, doesn't it? Something point to prove now. Exactly, and Dash will be all over that. He's a right belly yeah. and stuff like that, and he'll love it. With portals up hot wall of the Premier League corrupt sign, all that stuff, it'll play right into Dash's hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, then I think um, we'll see what happens with the other clubs because they've set a president now, haven't they? Press president yeah. now. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, City have got 115. They're going to be playing Northern League, aren't they? If they, if they follow off this. So, uh, yeah. They're going to struggle. Andy Benny says it's like getting 10 years in prison for a speeding ticket. Um, M Max says they reckon the city thing will drag on for another two years and Chelsea also being looked at. Uh, Ginger Alley says, Are you hungry, Joe? Yeah, I am, mate. I'm not on any breakfast. Thank you for that, though. Um, so that that brownie is my breakfast, it's not the most nutritious thing. Uh, Sam, your thoughts on the Everton points deduction, though, and the severity of it? Um, don't really sit right with me, to be fair. Like, you know. English football pyramids and the FA and all and all these sporting regulators should have the best interest of clubs at heart. And yes, you break a rule, but there's other means of getting back at owners and not getting back at a club when you know those Everton fans pay pay to go watch the club every single week. Where's that money gone? That's not down to them. So why should they and the club necessarily have to suffer based on bad ownership? You've seen it all the way through the football pyramid. Now you've got teams like South End, Scunthorpe are struggling. Like Berry went into administration. Like these types of situations don't help teams. They hinder teams. So if Everton get relegated now, like 
yes, they'll still have a massive windfall from the Premier League, but you know, at the end, at the end of the day, like it's it's it's, and I know you can't break FFP, and I completely get that. And one hundred and five million pound losses in that situation is ridiculous. And I'm not the biggest Everton fan, really, anyway. But we have to protect football clubs. Football clubs need protecting, and there needs to be some kind of regulations around the fact that, like, like years ago, West Ham signed Mascherano and Tevez. They got a slap on wrist and hundred grand fine. Like that was a big situation. You've got Chelsea and City who are apparently breaking th- hundreds of rules and. This city thing's lasted what two, three years already. People are saying they won't get into the Champions League. Things like that are stupid. I don't particularly like City, but telling the club that they can't take part in a competition that on merit they're able to do because somebody in the background staff spent an extra twenty million quid. Like it just it just doesn't seem fair to me personally. But um at the end of the day, like Neil says, well, it really doesn't affect us because they're gonna finish above us anyway. So <coughs> I mean fun- fundamentally. You know, they've had a 10-point deduction and they're still two points away from getting out of the relegation zone. Like, what they are is in our position now where we're sat there a little bit worried. All it's done for us is kind of give us a new lease of life slightly and you're kind of like, oh, there's another team in the relegation battle. But 10 weeks from now, we could be saying, ah, it's back to the original three, four. Like, so, yeah, just doesn't sit I still think it's a bottom four. Yeah, I still think it's that bottom four, yeah. but I just think I just think when it comes to football ownership and, and the football pyramid and all the sporting regulators that we've got, like the there should be the fundamental thing that they should be looking at is looking after clubs and ensuring that clubs don't clubs on a whole don't suffer, but the owners do, because they're the ones making the bad yeah. decisions. And I just think it's a bit pointless, really. What would you do then, Sam? Because obviously, as I said at the start of that, even if they'd have fined Everton 100 million quid, then Everton, the fans would have still suffered because of the lack of funding going into the club. Would you, would you just ban the owners from football? Would you just find the owners personally from the personal account? I don't even know if you can police that. <coughs> I feel like if you slap a ban on the uh, not a ban on the club, like a fine on the club, like because of the money in the Premier League, like eventually you're going to be able to pay that back. It mm. just means that your team will suffer. And and I know what you mean, like. It's kind of a catch twenty two in it because it's like you could yeah. do that and still get relegated and not be able to put anything into your team, or you could just basically get. Like I say, I think there's other ways that you could do it. I think like you could put sanctions on them. You could make them pay a certain amount of money per annual year. That is a decent amount of money. So like like everybody's saying about Man United, like Man United have, have had debts for years. You know the Glazers did what we did and bought the club out and with a loan and then had to pay that money back we've done the same like no one's coming to us in you know every 10 minutes going we need 65 million quid right now like we set up a payment plan that should be the same for everton they should be like right that 105 million pound needs paying back pay it back over four seasons like and if you can't pay it back and you do end up dropping into the into the league below that money then halves so rather than paying 25 million pound a season oh you've dropped into the championship Oh, unfortunate, but now pays ten million pounds this season, and then you know you've you've done enough. The, there should be something in place to help teams like this because, like I say, you've got Scunthorpe now who went from the Championship and they're all the way now down in league in in non-league football. You've yeah. got Southend that are struggling now. Ferry went into administration. It's clubs like that that have started from somewhere big that have naturally fallen off because the FA, the Premier League, and all these sporting regulators don't actually have 
fan welfare, club welfare in mind. It's all about money and it's all about what you bring to the pot. And if you don't bring enough to the pot, we're not bothered about saving you. And it's an unfortunate yeah. situation. I've always thought that any punishment from the Premier League, like player fines, anything like that, should always go down and like lower league clubs anyway. There should be like a yeah, I don't know, I don't know what the word would be, like, but yeah, trickle it, it down. So, like, if a club does get fined, if, yeah. if a player gets fined 500 grand or something, it goes to non league yeah, causes exactly. or something like that. It's like, there's nothing, there's nothing like, like, in the Premier League anyway. If you're late for training and you pay 10 grand, what are the club going to do with 10 grand? Yeah. Do you tell me what Man City are going to do because Phil Foden's five minutes late for for, for training and he's he's giving you 10 grand. What on earth are they going to do? They'll buy a new chandelier for locker room. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, that that 10 grand could go to Blythe Spartans and that could pay for footballs, centrally in for, you know, half, half a season. Like, all all you need to do is, the, the, the entire football pyramid needs to look at itself and look at itself as a 92 rather than just twenty in top in top division because I I just feel like that's how it is. Like it's not even twenty, mate. It's like top seven. That's all I care about. I know, but yeah. <laughs> I think what I mean is like the Premier League is governed by people that uh, govern. It's governing that those twenty teams, isn't it? Like so, you've got your top teams, which I mean, you see in every other every other situation, you've got VAR decisions for Burnley. Oh, we'll write you a letter. Tell tell you that we're sorry. Oh. A, a definite not penalty in the Manchester derby. No worries. We'll look at it for five minutes and give a penalty because it's the, one of the biggest games on telly on Sunday at half past three. So we'll give a we'll give a penalty that shouldn't be a penalty as a penalty just to save face. Like that's the, the and that is one example of the type of people that you're looking that you're looking at. Burnley don't make you money, so we're not really bothered about sorting stuff out. Bournemouth don't make you money, so we're not really bothered about making your VAR decisions. But the top seven clubs will look for 25 minutes, and we're not bothered because they can all sit and wait. So we're not asked about them because you lot make us all the money, and that, that, that that's just that's just how that is just how football is at the minute. So I, I do I do completely I do completely sympathise with Everton fans. Like I really do. Like ten point deduction. For a team like Everton as well, like I can guarantee when City get their 10-point deduction or whatever it'll be, I can guarantee they'll be top at table, they'll be 15 points clear of whoever's in second, they'll get a 10-point deduction two weeks before the end of the season and they'll still win the league. So it won't matter regardless because City will be, City will be protected as well. Like the way, that they'll, the way that they'll get their fine or the way that they'll get their points deduction will either be right at the end of the season when they know that they're absolutely going to tear the league apart or at the start of the season so that they can literally be like... Because then because then again, as well, like, Pep will go 36 games unbeaten as well. Like So that, that it means no to clubs like that, but to clubs like Everton, this is such a huge thing for them because there is a chance that they don't turn it around. There is a chance like that we can manage to turn our season around. Luton pick up points, Bournemouth pull away. Sheffield United managed to keep performing all right. And Everton, after having a 14 point, having 14 points at this stage of the season and being, you know, what, 10 points clear, are now back in this situation. They could get relegated and that would then be down to, yes, okay, partially the owners, but the Premier League making a massive sanction on the club and putting them into a situation that, you know, I mean, 14 games in as well. Come on, that's such a weird time to give a club ten point deduction midway yeah. through a season. Anyway, whatever, strange. 
I think I I think the midway through the season thing is bollocks, but at the same time, it's I think they've done it now to save a bit of face. Because in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of history, it's not going to matter whether Everton finish seventeenth or tenth. As long as they stay up, that's all. That's all that matters. And yeah, there is not there is a chance they won't turn it round, but I'm pretty certain they will. I'm pretty certain they still stay up. So I think the Premier League have thought we'll cover our own backs here a little bit because if Everton go down because of this, we're probably more likely <coughs> to get sued. But obviously, this opens up another can of worms, doesn't it, lads? And Neil, I'll start with you because as people have been mentioning in the chat, <coughs> Everton will still finish probably about ten points clear of us as Andrew Blair. But then he goes on to say, "What's your take on the supposed legal action being taken by us and other clubs?" Now, this legal action will probably be aimed at the Premier League rather than Everton. I'm not sure how it'll work. I would think that that's the most logical option because Everton, they've had their punishment now. Like, I can't see how we then go and sue them when they were getting things signed off and the Premier League allowed it. Now, obviously, I've got the 22 Premier League, 2022, sorry, Premier League season up here in front of me. And obviously, Burnley went down that year with Watford and Norwich. Uh, Watford and Norwich haven't come back. Burnley have. Uh, but Burnley went down on 35 points. Everton had 39 points. Now, a lot of the charges that they faced um, have been that season. So does this open up a can of worms where Burnley can say, right, well, the Premier League, we went down because you didn't sanction Everton that season when you should have done. We then have a right to sue. And now I know the Premier League have said they got no sporting advantage from it because it was due to stadium interest payments. But by that logic, and this might sound ridiculous because I'm terrible with stuff like this, but if they're paying off stadium interest payments, and say for me, for example, if I've got a credit card, I don't carry on spending willy-nilly on other stuff, like new clothes and stuff. I'll make sure I pay the credit card off or the mortgage off. Whereas Everton have gone, no, we're still going to carry on spending willy-nilly on wages and players, but then we'll, we'll just get behind on the stadium interest payments instead. So that, in that sense, they do get a sporting advantage. That, that's my logic anyway. It might sound a bit warped. But what's your thoughts on the um, supposed legal action that's been reported by the likes of the Daily Mail and the Guardian, Neil? Yeah, I think I get why. I mean, ultimately, we went down because we were shite, not because of Everton. Um, mm. But all it'll do is probably give us the money that we probably should have or we would have got if we'd stayed up. I can't yeah. see us anything else. And that'll obviously then fund whatever we need in the January windows. Yeah, another 50 wingers uh, in the January window or the summer window. Um, I don't I don't really know, other than financially, what what the best outcome will be because it's not going to change history. It's not like they can reinstate anybody back in the league. It's not like... Because it Leeds or Leicester are doing it as well, aren't they? Both, so it's not yeah. like support. So it's not like they can come back up in the Premier League and swap places. So it's only going to be a financial um, financial result anyway. I, I don't know what my take is, mate. It's it's one of those things like I don't really see the point. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what Burnley would hope from doing it. Uh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna rewrite history. It's not gonna give us another year in the Premier League. Other than it'll just give us the money. We the best outcome would be that it gives us the, the money that we would have got had we stayed up. Like yeah, the prize which, money. Which, that was what I'm not sure exactly how much that is. What is it? 40, 50 million? Uh, partly the three clubs are suing them for 300 million. So that'd work out at 100 million each of suing the yeah. Premier League, not Everton. Which, yeah. I mean, if, if, if there's a case there for it, I'd want the club to chase it personally. Yeah, <laughs> chase it. But I don't really know what the outcome's going to be other than. Um, more funds in January, I guess. Well, what was done by January, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit like as long as it is suing, uh, suing Everton gets nowhere because yeah, I know no that they're, they're, they're the ones who they've had their I know that 
they've had the punishment, but it's like, you know, they're not the ones who are, like you've just said, they're not signing it off. It's the Premier League signing it off. So they're the ones to blame at all this because they could have stopped it and said no anyway. Um, so yeah, so I don't really, I don't know. I, I get it from a financial point of view, but other than that, there's literally no point in doing it. I'll just drag on and on and on. Yeah, um, fair enough. Make, make the Premier League angry. Um and hit it even more. More, more decisions against us. <laughs> more decisions against us. Yeah. Um yeah, I get I get it, but I don't I'm, I don't know. I don't see what it does other than financial. Yeah, fair enough. Obviously, financial could be a big thing though, but um it'd be interesting yeah, to see what the club do. It could, do. but had we not just spent hundred million quid on winners, I'd I'd be like, Oh, we need the money. We clearly don't. Yeah. But uh there you yeah. Go. Sam, your thoughts on any potential legal action against the Premier League? Well, just, just bin it off. Like, I mean, I I understand. Like, you know, there is a case there for losses that season. Like, if we if we did stay up, based on the facts that they, because at the time, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there was talk of a four point deduction at the time. You know, when they first found out, and that would have put them level on points with us, but we had a better goal difference, I believe. So. I think the kind of argument is that we were staying up, but then obviously there's there's obviously other sanctions that came out afterwards. So I, I can understand the logic behind, you know, there's losses from that that season that we want back. But like I'm not being funny, but we're burning in the Premier League. We've had two bad VAR decisions against us already because we're not making enough money for the Premier League. Can you imagine if we tack their money? I mean, that's exactly honestly, what Andrew Blythe says. He said, "Sue the PL and watch the VAR decisions get even worse." It's just honestly, mate. Like it's, it's. <coughs> we had a chat about it like a few weeks ago, didn't we? Like at the, at the end of one of the shows, it's just like the Premier League now is is the most watched sport in the is one of the most watched leagues in the world, and we've got fantastic players, and it should be all about. It should be all about the players and all about the football and watching that 4-4 last Sunday and how good it was yeah. and, you know, all these good games that we get to watch. And I just find now that you're starting to see more and more that the background, you know, board members of, like, the Premier League and the FA and, you know, like, FIFA and every single competition, like, they seem to be coming to the forefront of everything now through VAR decisions, through poor refereeing, like, through, you know... Um, through these sanctions, they're slowly starting to take over football more than football is. Like, I want to be watching a game that's for all. I don't want to be hearing Gary Neville moan about the Glazers for two hours. Like, it's, it's, it, do you know what I mean though? Like, it's boring. Like, that yeah. stuff, fans have never had to deal with. I don't, if you support Burnley, you knew about Mike Garlick and you knew about, you know, the fact that he, he spent. 13 million pounds in or uh, whatever, one million pounds in one season, 13 million on Jeff Hendrick one season. Then we signed like Robbie Brady in January. Like, we've had situations where we can turn around and say our owner's not, you know, pumping money into the club, but that's a personal gripe. We haven't gone on national television to do that. Like, we literally now sit in a, in a footballing world where every single little thing that happens in the Premier League now all goes back to VAR. All goes back to decisions. Apology letters coming up on screen all the time. You know, um, referees showing complete incompetence, and, and now you've got referees on Gillette Soccer Saturday explaining every decision to you and stuff like that because yeah. they want you to understand or they want to drill into your head. No, VAR is brilliant. It's working. It's doing this. It's doing all this stuff that goes along with it. 
is just absolutely ridiculous and it's spoiling football. And it is like, like you say, Gary, like, Gary Neville's podcast this week, mate. I'd like to listen to um, stick to football, no, mate, right. No right? So, the, the first no, second half hour of this week's episode was all about VAR with an ex ref talking about VAR. You know, uh, should they have come out and, and done all the <coughs> demanding apologies, demanding replays? It is instead of talking about football, they were just talking about VAR all. And that's what I mean, though, mate. But it's, it's the ridiculous. same in every situation now. And then now, this will be a hot topic for ages. Like I remember when Chelsea had their, um, you know, you know when Chelsea had the transfer ban. Yeah. Every single week, Chelsea were on telly to be like, "Oh, Frank Lampard and his, uh, and his, um, you know, depleted Chelsea squad, you know, because of the uh, the sanctions with the financial fair play." It's like, just it's it's still Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham. Two of the best young players in the world at the time. Just because you've got to play youngsters for a season, it was the narrative all year. Like it's still Chelsea Football Club. Half the team was still worth 40, 50 million quid. Like you, you just push narratives, and, and like I say, in this situation now, you've got <coughs> you've got us lot turning around and saying we want that money back from this situation. It won't do all because it'll it'll go on for three years, and then they'll either turn around and go. Well, you're in championship now, so we'll give you a little bit of money then, and then we'll come back a little bit. Or the other way, it'll, it'll, they'll just say no, and we're not going to give you the money. And it's three years worth of what on earth are you doing? And it doesn't do anybody good because now if we do that, we just look like we're trying to dip into the Premier League's pot of money, and all they're going to be doing is just you know like like a kid trying to get your phone out your pocket, and you're just wafting your hand away. Like, that's what we'll be like, like and. To them, they'll just be like, "You're just annoying now." So next time you get a penalty decision, and I know that, I know, I know they're not actually that fickle. They're not actually sat there, you know, telling, um, you know, telling referees, you know, oh, don't, don't give a penalty there. But the, the, those types of things, it, it just subconsciously happens. Yeah, there'll and... be a lot of subconscious bias <coughs> that will that will drip in through it. But I'm, yeah. I, I agree that they don't. They're not that obvious to say like right don't give Burnley pens but uh, I think that subconscious bias is there for all to see already when it comes yeah. to the difference between the big clubs and the little exactly. clubs anyway uh, Andrew <coughs> Blythe says good listen so far I've got to head out I'll listen to the rest as a podcast later on thank you for that Andrew appreciate that <clears throat> um, but we'll get into the season so far then because thought we'd have a quick chat on Everton and it was a good chat to be fair um, but we ended up wasting half an hour on it so the season so far, but having said that I'm glad because I don't know what else we can say about the season so when I'm agreeing to do this I'm like <laughs> we shit like what more can I say but uh, Neil I'll start with you um, yes, season so far obviously not being good enough has it I think I think it's we, we don't need to sit here and say that you can just look at the league table the fact yeah. that we are and, and I mean it with the greatest of respect to Luton Town I've got nothing against Luton Town at all but Burnley came up a million points ahead of Luton Town last season, then spent over 100 million quid and now find themselves two points behind Luton with a goal difference that is incomparable to Luton. Luton have conceded nine goals less than us. Sorry, their goal difference is nine goals better than ours is what I'm trying to say. And obviously, Sheffield United are another one as well. They lost their best players there above us. And then directly above us, you've got a team who've had a minus 10 point deduction and they're still above us. So an absolute yeah. horrendous start to the season. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so obviously I started really optimistic because that's what I'm, I'm yeah, like anyway. But 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 we all did, didn't we? And I remember yeah. sitting here with Sam and we did the uh, Premier League predictions thing and I was mid-table for Burnley easily. And then as the season went on, I thought, well, we've played City, we've played Villa, blah, 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 blah. 
and it's just carried on. And now it's just, I've said in the group chat a few times, I'm past the point of getting angry now. I just sort of look, see we can see it and just sort of lol and then just like get on with me day sort of thing. The, yeah. the, the, the concern I've got is how, and I thought it was just me, but from looking on like social media and stuff, it's not just me, but I just feel a complete disconnect. Like I'm just not asked. And yeah. I think there's a feeling that everybody, it's not anger and it's not like, oh, come on, Bernie, we'll get out of this. It's just, I'm not asked. And, and I thought it was just me, but from looking on most, a lot of other fans, there is a massive disconnect there. Like compared to last year, we were all together last year. Great season. Everyone was behind the club. We all felt as one. And this is the complete opposite. There's something changed. And yeah, the club's got a few things wrong off the pitch as well. Yeah, that's whole, not helped. That's not helped. And that's, I think it's just created this gap between the fans and the club. <coughs> last year, we were all together. And now it's just, I don't think people are angry. I think it's just that they're a bit like disconnected. But it, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been. An awful season. Um, although the last two games, I think we have slightly improved. There's been signs of improvement, but it's still not good enough. Yeah, there has. Yeah, I agree with that. It's still not good. It's, it's small steps, but how small many small steps, steps can we take before the path you know, yeah. becomes too far for us to walk? Exactly that. What a um, horrendous analogy that was, but <laughs> point yeah, made. It's, it's, yeah, point made, isn't it? It's it's this small steps, but these these are the small steps I would have expected after two three games in. Not exactly. Yeah. Whatever many we are, are we on 12, 12 games? Is it? Um, uh, I think so, mate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well. These, yeah. So play City, play whoever it was, Villa next, and then you see these small steps, not the massive plummet we've got, and then. Oh. Mm. So um, yeah, it's been a strange season. The optimism <laughs> completely gone. I'm, I'm of the opinion that we're playing Championship next football uh, next season. So I've sort of just been reminding myself how good that league is um, and how much I enjoyed <laughs> it, and looking forward to that again. Um, but yeah, it's more for me the thing this season. It's more of a disconnect. They're just feeling the disconnection and just like, yeah, they're not asking us about it a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that disconnect because I remember Visitor obviously sometimes um, comes on the channel uh, and he did a post match after the Newcastle. Um, I can't remember, but he did he did a post match and I remember editing it myself and um, I remember him saying like, I, I'm just I just feel a disconnect between the club. And he got a lot of stick in the comments originally. <clears throat> but I see the same people now giving him stick and now saying that they have a disconnect. So I agree with you. It's, yeah. it's been coming for a while. I, I think I, it is. I do, I do feel it compared to last season. I probably not I yeah. probably not feel it entirely. It's probably a bit easier, obviously, living closer. But I think I think that the disconnect for me hasn't just come <laughs> from the bad performances. It's come from the off-the-pitch stuff as well. Yeah, I, I was going to say, someone, someone's put in the comments... It's since the it's since the drum emails come out. I think that's that's yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah, but there's been elements of that previously because weren't last year they were putting stickers on people's seats. Was it last year they were doing that, or the season before? You know, or stop. Yeah, last season. Yeah, I think last yeah. season. So it's stuff like that. But last season you sort of glossed over it because everything was great on the pitch. But this season it's highlighted a bit more, and they are getting a lot of stuff wrong. And it just feels like everybody at the club is just naive and just getting things that little bit wrong. I mean, I was even annoyed because obviously working tech people don't know, but I was even annoyed that they've, they've, re they've upgraded the ticket system and now we've all got to reset our passwords. I'm just like, can this club not do anything? It's just not, you know what I mean? It's just, it just feels like they can't do anything right at the minute. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Off the pitch and on the pitch. Um, yeah. Ginger Valley says, season so far, wholly unacceptable. Uh, Roscoe Evans says, feel like a big home win against uh, with a great performance is the only way to properly turn things around. I'd agree with that. I think if 
Who have we got next? West Ham. Like, if we proper put West Ham to the sword and like properly like passed them at a park and beat them 2 0 and you know, a great atmosphere, then yeah, we'll probably <coughs> then go into it. But I, I just don't get the feeling that that's coming. Like, I agree that would turn it around, but I just don't get the feeling that that's coming. I remember the season a few years ago, we played Leicester at home and Leicester had won the lump, and then they had a penalty. And you could probably pinpoint the moment that that season turned around to Jamie Vardy taking a penalty and Nick Pope saving it. We then went on to win that match 2 1. Yeah, Westy scored, West didn't he? Yeah, yeah Westy had a I remember that one. Yeah. I might be wrong on the Chris other Wood goal, scored. Yeah, Chris Wood scored. <laughs> Westy scored late. And then we went on a yeah. run. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, thing. exactly. And that season properly turned. And you could pinpoint yeah. that game turning round from mm. that moment when you need a big moment. We need that West Ham match to have a big moment in it where we come out on top in a battle and then we go on and win the match comfortably and then we turn it round. But do I think that's coming? No, genuinely not. Ginger Alley, who I love Ginger Alley, but he likes the negative comments. So I'm going to keep highlighting them because to be fair, it's it's not much to talk about in a positive stance, <laughs> uh, a positive stance to be fair to Ginger Alley. Does only Everton have survived a four, four points after 12 game season? Well, they're going to do it again this year. Aren't they? Andy Bennett says, we have improved in the past couple of games. Hopefully that will continue. I agree. Neil touched on that, but... Um, you need bigger improvements from what we've seen so far. Milltown Dingle just says going down, lads. Cheers, mate. Um, he's not wrong. True red. To be fair. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Recruiting young players, but in the hardest league in English football, not playing the players from last season. Who knows? The new Burnley way, Vinny might have made mistakes in his team selection. Uh, Vinny's made mistakes. The board have made mistakes. The players are making mistakes on the pitch. So it's not a good combination. And that's why we find ourselves in the position that we're in. But Sam, your thoughts on the season so far, please, my friend. Um, right, right. Thank you very much. Right. There we go. <laughs> Listen, that's all um, we need off you. That, that's all you're gonna get. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, there's, it's like the difference between this season and last season is like you go for Christmas dinner and then your uncle says something weird in front of everybody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It makes, like, makes it I, awkward. Like, you have a budding for Christmas dinner and then your uncle just says something proper strange and it just spoils <laughs> bed. I, I hope your wrong. uncle don't watch this, mate. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Um, but, um, <laughs> but do you know what I mean, though? It's like you literally, we went from last season to having one of the best seasons of his entire lives. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, a team that he really, really genuinely wanted to back. And I transitioned that into the same team. Like, you know, like that team, okay, didn't come back, but everybody else that's still there and now that we've signed, yeah, I'll, I'll back you now completely. What's happened is then we've gone from one end, we've hit it in the middle, and then now we're slowly just going to the opposite end of the spectrum where I now <coughs> don't particularly like the lineup that we have in certain games. I don't like the lineup that we're playing. I don't think that the signings have been clever. I don't think that we're I don't think that we're set up to be in the Premier League, which that hundred million pounds should have you know, helped us do. I think a hundred million pounds should have been spread across like five, six players, not like twelve new players and some of them kids. Yeah. And I just think, I just think we've we've dropped the ball. <coughs> we've dropped the ball with recruitment. We've um, we've dropped the ball with performance. Team selections poor. Um, players that are playing don't look interested sometimes. Um, and that adds to the disconnect. But one of the biggest things, and I know people have started to talk about it now, but the home performances are atrocious. Like we yeah. we are getting turned over at home. And like like Neil says, and I don't I don't want to keep going back to like 
the same instance because they've kind of been and gone. But like the drum is a big turning round to football fans and saying, well, we're not playing very well. So you lot need to sing louder. Like, I just don't back that notion. Like, if somebody, no, if I your agree. boss came to you at work and said, I'm going to pay you less, but I need you to work harder, you, there's no chance you'd do it. So why, why when we're sat in a season of such poor football and getting turned over every week, are we being told that we need to sing louder to get you guys to get to where you need to be? No, you guys need to be where you need to be, and then we'll sing louder. Like, and then, and then right now, that disconnect has completely turned into... Like Neil says, like that 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 Arsenal game in the nice, I went out of our ass. Like I, I I was not putting my penciling in three o'clock on a Saturday to watch it. I just wasn't. And I know it sounds bad, but I just want. I'd rather I'd rather her be happy than have to sit through that because I literally I, and I remember Aww. it the other day. I turned I turned up right. I turned up two minutes before um before we scored and I, I messaged her and I went is there any chance I could just watch it like is there any chance I could just watch it because this is let me watch you know, it. I just want to see it <laughs> we went it went to one one and I was like let me watch it and she was like no we're going out I'm like let me watch it they scored 45 seconds later I'm like that let's go out do you know what I mean though because that that disrespect, like that, that I felt from the drum situation, it, it, to my own yeah. personal opinion, and, and turning round to to football fans and saying like you're not doing your part. I've done my part year upon year, season upon season. I went to nearly every single game in that season. Where in the first half of the season we only beat Brentford, and we lost nearly every other game. We drew like two or three more. I went to every single one of those games. I've been to games in the championship where we were getting spanked four 0 away from home and, and and at home losing three 0 like watching Andy Gray and Adi Akinbaye up top, which Man, fantastic duos, fantastic <laughs> duo. But for some reason, Andy Gray and Adi Akinbaye only managed to score in the same game together. Like Adi Akinbaye get a goal, Andy Gray get a goal, and then you go and watch four subsequent games after that, and neither of them would even touch the ball. Like, oh, yeah. the, the situation that we're now in is. We're in a position now where there's the really genuinely isn't isn't much positive to take from what we've got. The only positive that we've got is that there is still a chance and that we still support Burnley and we still back the players and we still back the manager. Like I still think we can turn it around, but the bleakness of the situation that is now upon us is ridiculous. And I don't think there's a club <coughs> currently in the Premier League in a position that we're in. Because Sheffield United are playing a form. We are losing every single week. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. 
The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think your uh, your connection went a bit there, Sam. I don't know if it was mine or yours, but it's dodgy because I, I yeah, it just started wearing. I just kind of stopped, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, just, it just went dodgy. But I'll, 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 I'll go back to a point while yours hopefully gets better. That I'll, I'll chat to Neil about, and hopefully give your time to to to, to find it signal again or whatever. <laughs> um, Sam there mentioned Neil like a disconnect as well. Like it, it feels that sometimes like he doesn't like some of the players. Which mm. I not that he doesn't like the players, sorry, that's harsh. Uh, that he doesn't like the lineup, and that resonated yeah. with me because the amount of times that I sit there and go, "Oh, for God's sake, he's playing him again!" Like, why is he playing him there? Like, yeah, that yeah. that that side of it is the that side of it. Like the drum, the, the off the pitch stuff. I don't want to focus on too much. As much as I agree, we've got a lot of stuff wrong off the pitch, and that's probably what's causing the disconnect. The on the pitch is the stuff where we can get better. Well, we could get better off a bit, but there's there's stuff on the pitch that we could fix that would give us immediate results. And that is, in my opinion, changing the players, some of them. Like yeah. what my, my what I'm gonna ask you is uh, what sort of players do you think need coming in? I, th- I think I think every Burnley fan probably agree on on Murich. Um yeah. but I, I'm I'm not sure at this stage now even how much difference that would make. But I did see a, a stat the other day that I was trying to get up. Uh, as Sam's internet went, hence the silence for a little bit because I didn't realise it had frozen. Um, but uh, James Trafford has the lowest save percentage in the Premier League. Um, yeah. And yeah, there it is. I found it now. So um, save percentage uh, for the Premier League is uh, so you got Becker at the top, uh, Anana second for Man United, uh, and then you've got the Spurs keeper, uh, Vicaro, Vicario, I don't know. Um, but at the bottom, you've got James Trafford with a save percentage of 59.2%, is the only goalkeeper there under 60%, um, yeah. with goals against 29. But he, he has obviously made, just looking at it now, he's made the second more saves in the Premier League, but obviously that's because of the amount of shots that we're conceding, but his save percentage is still quite low. And I was quite surprised at that because I thought he would be quite high because of the amount of shots. And I know he's a good shot stopper. Well, I feel like he's a good shot stopper, um, but he, unfortunately, uh, his save percentage is quite low. So what are your thoughts? Other than other than Trafford and, and Murich, what else would you change? Yeah, so I mean, just to clarify on, on Trafford, like, because I, 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 I know I, I sort of say it every week, but I, I do think he is a good keeper, but I just think that it's a case that he's not ready yet. Yeah, and I, he, I'd agree he, with that. And and he, and he has got a shocking defence in front of him. So, so the 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 defensive situation is the one that needs sorting out the most for me. Um, and I think recruitment wise, we got that wrong in defence because we hundred percent should have kept hold of of THB. Because O'Shea doesn't look up to it. Aldakir looks well off. But in terms of yeah, changes... I'm, at the minute. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, I, I was trying to be diplomatic, but yeah, let's face it, they are. Um, I don't know. Like, for me, it's Vinny... He's get, for me, he's getting some of it right in, in terms of he's playing birds, but he's playing him in the wrong place. And then he plays him as a number 10 and he performs. But then he gets better in the eight. And then, well, he, yeah. Six, so it's, so it's, yeah, so it's stuff like that. Um, and he has been. I know we've had a lot of injuries because I know we got a few. We got a bit of stick. The 
a couple of weeks ago about saying stick to the team. And but I know we've had a lot of injuries, but it just comes down to recruitment again. I think we 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 focused on the wrong players. For me, I said it last week. We we spent hundred million quid. And we've still got gaps in the team, and we're still talking about bringing Jack Cork in. When we spent yeah, hundred million, it should, should be and like that in twenty twenty three. Yeah, no, it should. Really and really. and up front now, we've we've got Obafemi's come back, thankfully. So that's another option. But other than that, we're relying on. J Rod. Um, yeah. I, 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 so I don't know. What... I, sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm happy over Febby's bike because I do like him because he seems a character, but I don't see what he's going to bring. I just don't I think see. He's it, 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 on the, the bench in the championship most of the season. I, I yeah. don't see. It's going to be a different option compared to Jay. I get that, but he's. A, yeah, he is. I, I don't see what he's. It's not going to. No, no Premier League defender is going to be like, oh shit, that Michael Oberfemi's back for Burnley. I need to be on my game. No, today. no. Is yeah, but it's a difficult thing to go back to the question because I've I've sort of gone off a little bit. It's difficult to say who do we, who do we bring in because because recruitment was wrong. We haven't got anybody to bring in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's fair and, enough. I do agree with that part of it. So so he sort of has to stick to the players he's got. But for me, what Vinny can do is he can change a few things instead of being stubborn with playing players in the wrong position. Like it took him however long to actually play a left back at left back. And it's taken him however long to sort of realise that Sander Burge is best position <coughs> stuff like that. It, I know, I know that he wants to play a certain style. And Craig Bellamy was on one of Gary Neville's million podcasts, and he said we're not ever going to change our style. But for me, I think we probably need to do that just to yeah, get a few wins. We have, we have, we have a hard. little bit in the last. Yeah, we did a little bit against Arsenal. To be fair, so he's already looking. At yeah, the, he's done that a little bit. Side, but, but I think that's all we can do because to answer the question, I don't. I, we haven't got. There's nobody on that bench where you think, oh, if we play him, it'll all be fixed. There's, there's nothing. It's like yeah. last year it would have been, I'll oh, get Teller on, or when Teller's back, it's fine. Um, Benson's always injured. Maybe Zaruri needs to come in and have a run of games. I don't know what's gone on there, but he's just not getting picked. <coughs> um, but it's a difficult one because in terms of personnel, I don't know what to change because we just don't have the personnel because they recruited wrong. For me, yeah. the only thing Vinny can do is what he is doing and changing our style of play a little bit. Because the most disappointing thing for me is that I'd, I feel like Luton and Sheffield United are more, they've got more of a fight about them than what we've had so far. I know the last couple of games has been an improvement. but And that's just because they're, just, they're staying in games. Once we can see we're out of it, that's it. And it's 2-3-4-0. They're staying in yeah. games up to the 90th minute. And Vinny needs to do a little bit of that and just change the way we play and, you know, we saw. I can't remember what game it was now, but there was. But we were on about afterwards. Is he telling the players to keep hold the ball instead of just hoofing it? I can't remember which one it was now. Stuff like that just make us hard to beat. Just stick with the players we've got, but just make <laughs> us hard to beat. Forget this six passing football and the, and whatever he wants to do. Just play ugly. Just make us hard to beat and grind out a couple of draws. Confidence will come back, and then we'll see where we go from there. That's all we can do because personnel wise, I don't see what options we've got that are better than what's on. Yeah, fair not. enough. Research says, did you see what Lyle offered in the championship? Joe, obviously going back to what I said about um, Obafemi. Yeah, I'll take that on board, but I, I still can't see anything that, he, that he's going to offer. I, 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 I Again, I, I think we need Lyle back. I think that's the, that's the main one uh, for, for up front. Yeah, There's a good comment obviously. there, Joe. Um, Ginger Alley saying we should have kept Barnes and sold J-Rod. On reflection, probably, yeah. We probably should have kept Barnes. Yeah, but again, yeah. I go back to the point of that you made. Like it, we've spent 103 million, and we're saying, "Oh, we should be playing Ashley Barnes up front in the Premier League in 2023." Like we shouldn't be in that scenario. Yeah, so I know. But I think like I just do it. It does go back to recruitment, but the way that he was playing, 
last year when he when he sort of had his resurgence and came and and the second sort of coming of Ashley Barnes, he was playing like a, a, a true captain and leader that we don't have. Yeah, so I think I if he was still the, if he was still at the club, just having him around, I think would have helped these lads. Yeah. So, uh, but hindsight's a good thing. Obviously, a decision was made at the time. Um, but yeah, long reflection. That's probably another little bit of recruitment that got that we got wrong. Yeah, Sam, I'll go to you. Obviously, I asked a question when you were um, quickly messing about with your internet, but you mentioned in your comment earlier, like you feel a disconnect when you see the team lineup because you don't like the lineup and you don't like some mm. of the players that are being selected. <laughs> what would you do differently? Not necessarily what's your lineup, but like what would you do differently with like the players and the positions and the stuff that they're in? I just think, um, I just think there's just something about like the overall vibe of like what what we were last season to what we are this season. Like, I feel like last season, like we were, we were on such a high, but I feel like you had like Oberfemi doing silly videos and Teller and Oberfemi, everybody doing lives all the yeah. time. Like everybody wanted to talk yeah. to each other and stuff. And you just wanted to celebrate wins. And I just feel like now everything's all apologetic and like, you know, a bit kind of like, you know, in a shells a little bit. And I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really feel the same kind of, you know, like as soon as I see the lineup, as soon as I see how we're setting up, I'm not like, I'm not sat there like, oh, unreal, like look at this lineup, like this is brilliant, like I, I literally dread looking at two o'clock because I just know there's going to be somebody that I'm like, oh, why is he there? Like, you know, we, we should be having a conversation now, in my opinion, about how amazing Benson and Zareri have transitioned into the Premier League, the resurgence of Lyle Foster, with Sander Burge playing in that 10 role, with a new central defensive midfielder playing alongside Josh Cullen, with Matson at left-back or any left-back. To be fair, Charlie's not actually been that bad, but I, I, I still think <coughs> if we're basing it off of what the summer was like, we need the left-back, so we should have got one. And a different defensive line. And Merritt in goal, and have never signed Trafford. In my opinion, like not that, not that Trafford's not a good signing. We just, I just didn't think we needed him. Like we went up with a good goalkeeper, and then we signed the goalkeeper, and now that good goalkeeper doesn't even get a look in. And it just felt like we spent ninety million pound on the position. We already had somebody there. We don't need. To, we didn't need. That's to been the recruitment, on it? That's that's I, been I, the recruitment. We've bought players, but we didn't well, need them. <laughs> but recruitment has recruitment's had its downfall in Burnley's Premier League history since the dawn of the Premier League. Like we have not had one good yeah. <laughs> we have not had one good Premier League transfer window since I since I've been a Burnley fan. We we signed Corner, that was unreal. That was a saga for two months and then we finally got it over that line and then we didn't bring in anybody else until Vegas in January. Like <clears throat> I just feel like we've we've got a really we have got a decent enough squad, I think other than the defence. I just think defensively we just look shocking. And I think and we yeah. don't have rotation for that. And that is such a big that's such a big thing. Because like I say, that that front line, someone goes out, you can bring somebody in and they can just do a job. That defensive line, like Ekdal's injured now. You lose Bayer, it's O'Shea and Aldakil. You lose them, it's Delqua. And not that Delqua is a bad footballer, but he was a million pound from Anderlecht. So he kind of gets that like it gets that like you know that almost that that pass, don't they? Like you know, well, he's yeah. signed for a million quid, so he's not expected to be that good. So if he is rubbish, we're like, well, fair enough. 
<laughs> I just think we've um, we've dropped the ball with recruitment. Um, we're having a conversation about who goes in at, on the wing, and we've got millions of them. I think we should be having a conversation about Zareri and and Benson. Like those two were our marquee players last season, and now it feels like they're not even in the lineup. Yeah, and I find that strange. <laughs> And if that's the players that were signed permanently that played last season that can't get into the team, mix that with the three, four loan players we didn't bring back. That's just a recipe for disaster. And we're seeing now it culminate on the pitch because we look like a team disconnected of any real idea. Um, we don't have... I know the talk about style of play. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen a pattern of play. I haven't seen a style of play. I see a pressing. I see a pressing style of player to one, get yeah. in behind. Do you know what I mean? I, I see a high press team that tries to win the ball back that can that can literally get turned over like that. Two passes through. Um, I think I back the tactics when executed correctly. I don't think we've executed the tactics correctly other than Palace so far. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think from that that does go back back to the manager. But I think, you know, these next five, six games are big games now. You know, you're going to Fulham, who are another poor team in the league this season. Yeah. You've got West Ham, who you could pick points up against. Sack that narrative off now of look where they are in the table. Points are points. Whoever you're playing, you've got to play well. So, um, you know, Wolves, Everton, these are games you have to pick points up in if you want to stay in the Premier League. And if we come out of those five games, because this is my thing now, I've now, I now already don't have lots of confidence. I already don't. If after those five games, we only have three points, uh, it's over. It's, it's over already. There's no way we have a second half of the season resurgence and beat 10 teams. There's no way. Because I've seen enough from this first half to know that going into that second half, it's not going to get much better. So... I still think we can. I, I think we need to be looking at nine points. I've seen people saying seven points. Seven points isn't enough. Seven points from those five games is not enough. To go to Fulham, Wolves, Brighton, uh, Everton, West Ham and Sheffield United in kind of the next six, seven, eight games and only want seven points is just ridiculous. Like We should be trying to look at a maximum of nine to ten. Three wins, a draw, and we, and we need it. We really, really need it. And more than anything, we just need performances now. Like, give us performances, give the fans something to back, and and we'll be all over it. <coughs> yeah, have you I seen, agree with that. You, I've just brought in the fixtures. Sorry, Neil, but yeah. Burnley, West Ham, Burnley, Sheffield United, Wolves, then even Brighton, you know, if then Everton, like, all of them, bar the last one, are winnable. They are, but have you seen anything so far that suggests we're going to do, actually do that? Because No, that's a different debate. They the are winnable, but I don't think we'll win anyone. Yeah, well, we, yeah. we might win one or two, but I don't think we'll win enough, personally. No, the, but, last, I mean, the even, last two performances have given me a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, like that, but that I mean, game was a brilliant 90 minutes. Like, we were just, we were yeah. just caught yeah, back. Yeah, the defensive twice, mistakes, yeah. Yeah, but even Liverpool there, like, immediately, Joe, you went, uh, apart from that one, but Luton gave them a game, so... 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, not, we're, it's not beyond. We're not that type of team. We're not compatible. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. But, but that's what that's what I was saying. Why doesn't Vinny make us that type of team for that sort of fixture? Because thing? Just... I think he's thinking, I've got a philosophy that worked last season. I've bought players to play that type of way. In my honest opinion, I can't see Zaruri, Benson, Nathan, maybe only Nathan Redmond, but mm. I couldn't see like Zaruri, Benson, uh, Trezor, uh, Coleosho, Brun Larson being the types of wingers that are going to slot into a 4 4 2 and stay compact because I'm not being funny. As soon as that ball's bypassed that, uh, that defense, that, that midfield line, that defense is getting absolutely eaten up. Like, yeah, it, regardless of who you play, how you play, I'd rather stick to the I'd rather them stick to the guns and try and get this style of play sorted with the players that we've got now. So that if we do dip into the championship. The players then there's there's no there's no narrative then pushed upon you like 150 hours of training sessions. No, the the squad we've gone down with has played all last season playing. Yeah, okay, fair enough, playing the system poorly, but we've we you've played it all season now, so there's no excuse that you can't go into the championship and don't understand how we play. Ginger Ali says <laughs> I can't see where the next goal or clean sheet even comes from, let alone a win. Um, we need you've got you've got Sheffield United at home there. I think I think personally I look at that one and think you know that that has to be the next win. Um, but whether whether or not we get it, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, Sheffield United have shown that they can potentially frustrate teams, uh, and then uh, you know they've you know they're above us for a reason. Um, but um, I want I do want to end it because obviously it's been not the best stream in terms of positives, and I'm not. <laughs> You know, dissing anyone with, with the comments or, uh, or or in the chat, but it, it's it's. Um, I want to talk about some positives. It's it's. Um, Coley also, <coughs> he's one that I, I like his form. Yeah. There's a lot of calls for like Zorori to come in and stuff off people. Like with 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 Coley also playing so well, he'd have to go on the right. Would would Zorori? And I'm not sure that would suit him. He'd have to cut inside a lot. Um, so I do like Coley Osho. Um, Sander Berg, you know what I like, you know what I like about Coley Osho, mate, is um, yeah. at Arsenal, he, he looks like he's he's getting that that power side of his game as well, like the way he powered through to set Brown up. Mm. And early in the season, he, he would have gone over there or lost the ball, but he looks like he's getting that physical, a bit more physical, a little bit. Like, obviously, he's not a right game, but do you know what I mean? He's, he's the way he powered through was, I was well impressed with that. Coley Osho is yeah. a massive bright spot, definitely. Yeah. Coley Osho, definitely. Um, I like, I've, I've been impressed with Sander Burge. I will still stand by the fact, even though he's got better in that. Um, no, he's a number 10. In, yeah, in that role, I would start to see him further up. Um, can people stop being bellends in the chat, looking at you, research? We don't need to start rinsing people in the chat, spending too many times with, with other pages there, mate. We like to talk down to people. We don't do that here, mate. Um, Ginger Alley says Chef United did his in the air last season. Like, oh, yeah, that, that, that is a worry with the Chef United match, uh, I think. Um, Chase the Dream says Miss Benson massively. Coley Osho has to play on the left. He's wasted on the right. I'd agree with that. I, I do like Coley Osho, as I've just said. Um, but let, let's let's keep him on the left. There's a lot of people always trying to shove him out on the right to get Trezor on the left or somebody else. Coley Osho is the only one who's actually got the ball and, and, and tried to make things happen. Um, so why yeah. start messing about with him? Uh, Sam, have you got any positives? Uh, I say it every week, but there's still like 26 games left in the season. Like until it's done, it's not done. That's that's a positive. 
Um, we have we have got better. That, like I say, that performance at Palace. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say after you've lost two nil, but yeah, it re- it really was one nil. Like because that that was just like we needed something. They just got tried to get rid of the ball. Like it is what it is. Um, but there are positives to take from that. We should have done better. We just clearly miss a cl- clinical goal scorer. Um, as chance creation was pretty decent in that game, I just think we need to fine tune it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think the team is capable of goals. I think with Luca's ability to create, I think you know, if and when Benson comes back, I'm kind of, I kind of haven't really looked into Benson a lot this year because I haven't seen anything of him at all. He's not even on any of the trading videos or anything. Like he's never yeah, really it's bizarre, isn't it? He's just never really there. But I don't know whether or not he's, he's ended up with a really, really like long, long term injury, maybe. But um, no, I think a positive, like you say, Sander Burge, the resurgence of him being able and that a positive in itself is the fact that he can then play the eight and the ten. I think that's a positive in itself because it means he's interchangeable when, as and when. Injuries and suspensions happen, which is positive. <coughs> um, obviously, um, losing Lyle at the moment isn't necessarily a positive, but his form before that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It was exactly what exactly what you want to see from a striker. Um, I just think, I just think there's there's a lot of there's a few games left. Like I say, these six games are the biggest six games that we'll, we'll have. You know, to yeah, go definitely, yeah, 100%, yeah. To go to Wolves, to play Fulham, to play Sheffield United. If you can come away from those games without any points, like then then it re- genuinely really is season over. Because if you can't beat the worst teams in the league, then you must be the worst team yourself. <laughs> yep, I'd agree with that. Massive mm. few games coming up. Even the next two for me, I know there's more than the next two that we should be targeting. But if we get zero points on the next two, it's um, it's game over. I do worry <laughs> about that, both of them though. I do. If worry that about big both performance that we say, if that big performance that we say needs to happen is going to happen, it's got to happen in yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah, it's got. To. Otherwise, it ain't going to come. Yeah, and I'm hoping this international break has done us some justice as well. Like I'm hoping that he's got him on the training pitch now. And in true Vinny style, which you still have to back the guy. I mean, he's still done a fantastic job last season. He's done, you know, he's done well at Anderlecht. And look at his playing career; like his playing career is fantastic. Like, so he's not a, he's not a scrub in the world of football. He's still a pretty pretty decent and intelligent bloke. Like, I'm hoping he's got him on the training pitch this week, and he's just like, listen, lad, I just want more from you. Like, it's not necessarily about me and my tactics like i just want to see the grit and grind in a game i want i I think the fans want to see that the fans want to see you putting tackles in you know making sure that you're you're winning your 50 50 balls make sure you're winning your aerial duels make sure that you know the passes are in a man because right now it's so difficult to back a team that's giving the ball away all the time and just look soft like we just look and Simon Jordan said it like, you know, at the end of the last game, like, we are currently the yeah. easiest team in the Premier League to beat. And everyone kicked off of it. He's I know, it, it made me laugh. Like, it's, it winds me up. It, we, we completely He's are. Right. We're in the league for a reason. Why, why are certain pages and people crying about it? We obviously right. are the easiest to play against. We've been the most goals, right? 
we've lost the most games and at the margin of those wins as well. I'd love a statistic for the margins of the wins because I reckon there's so many games this season where we've lost by three. And I bet there's not a lot of other teams in the league that have done that. Yeah, it, but because Sheffield United have lost one game 8 nil, it means they're easy to play against. But since then, they've been absolutely... Well, not since yeah, then, but you exactly. know, they've... Exactly. Either side of that, they played well against good sides, or we just bend over for them all. But, the, but I do agree with that. I, I don't get why people dislike certain comments because the fact the proof is in the pudding. We're bottom of the league and have got the worst goal difference. I think. But then I think it's the positive the side of that now is, like we've been saying about all these narratives of other clubs and stuff like Everton with the points deduction. We now have a narrative. Is our narrative is, are we going to continue to be this team that looks like one of the worst sides in Premier League history? Which is true because we do look shocking right now. Or yeah. do you try and change that? Are you going to try and push a narrative of? Vincent Company's Burnley were not as bad as people said because they played better when when they really needed to. Enjoy. And I think that's kind of where my positives are now. Like I really genuinely think that we need to just we need to go back to the basics of the tactics. So I do feel like it's been tinkered with to the point where we almost seem arrogant with the tactics now when we can't actually yeah. we don't actually seem like we can actually play them. I'd like to go back to the basics of of, of the formation and the tactics and really see what they, we actually have to offer in this league. Because I still think we have a hell of a lot more to offer in this league than people think. I agree, but it needs to turn around and it needs to turn around fast. But we'll end it there. Unless there's anything else you two boys want to quickly chat about, let me know as I start wrapping up. But Ginger Alley says, let's finish a great show on a positive, guys. Onwards and upwards. Up the clarets, a true red says one thing is certain in football the league table never lies, it's a fact. Yep, I agree with that. We have been dreadful, we've been the worst team in the Premier League so far. That's why we're bottom, even though teams had minus 10, we are still bottom. So it's pretty obvious that we are the worst team in the Premier League and the easiest to play against as it stands. The way that Arsenal scored them goals against us is the day proved that, and the way that Palace scored the goals against us proved that as well. Defensive mistakes, weak defending. It's just it's just a recipe for disaster. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Samuel Crowder says, cheers, lads. Cheers for watching, mate. Jay Martin says, up the clarets, up the clarets. Uh, if you have joined the stream late, obviously, I always remind you all that once we do end the live, we will keep it up. Uh, it stays up, sorry, on YouTube. And then within the next half an hour, I'll rip the audio off and stick it up as a uh, podcast. So if you want to listen to it, if you're out and about, like... Andrew said he was earlier, then you can get it as a podcast within the next half an hour. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for commenting. Massive thanks to Sam and Neil for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure to chat to the boys. Uh, and we will be back for the pre-game show ahead of the game against West Ham. I suppose I'll have to start looking for a West Ham fan now. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.